Dooner and and Rachel, I'm here too. <laughs> Finally, Rachel's here. I, I, like everything on earth was standing in the way. You had a yeah. very intense meeting on Monday. You were supposed to come here, and I yeah. totally understand. You had to go and forge our media strategy for years to come and make sure that's on point. Exactly. And then today there was like poison gas, mm-hmm. um, insane people in the industry, yep. stories breaking. Uh, you didn't even show up until like five minutes ago. She just published a story. Yeah, it's true. I literally just published a story. I just got here in the nick of time. I also had to like check out of a hotel. I mean, that's not quite as treacherous as poisonous gas. And <laughs> it, it is kind of frustrating checking out of a hotel though. Like anyone... Okay, I mean, no one's going to really pity me that much. But yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of obstacles, but I'm here. I'm ready. This is actually my first time in the FreightWave studio, like, on air, so I'm very excited. Well, we're excited to have you here. That's, Fraser says welcome. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> that, um, that story you were working on, right? Big story about four kites. What happened over there? Yeah, so essentially uh, their president, who had been with the company just since April of 2023, uh, actually left. He is no longer part of the part of Four Kites anymore. Uh, it looks like their chief cu- customer officer duties have actually been transferred over to a different employee, a different executive with the company. And it also looks like their chief strategy officer, that role has been given to another person. So we saw, you know, just a general reshuffling of the leadership team. And we're still trying to figure out, you know, what exactly happened there and what's next. I mean, it's been a tough time. There's been a lot of cuts around places. Um, is Four Kites in trouble? Did you get that indication? Like, w- w- like what happened here? I mean, it seems like they also did hire some folks into the in, into the company as well. They have a new head of Ocean. Uh, they rehired their former president. So it seems like there is some sort of movement in terms of growing the company. Uh, but and when you look at their LinkedIn data, they actually have Im- increased the number of employees they've had over the past two years. But it, it does seem like you know just throughout freight tech, we've been seeing more and more industries, more and more companies struggle. Whether you're on the visibility side or the brokerage side, so I think kind of everyone's seeing a little bit of a downturn. Well, sucks for those in- impacted. We we hope y'all land on your feet and yeah. everything sorts out over there. Um, there's more we could say, but I can't. I kind of want to because it's yeah. juicy, but I can't. I, I will be kind here. Um, F3 thoughts. What did you think there? I, it's interesting because visibility did come up at F3. Yeah. And some people were sort of framing it like it's the new blockchain. There's a couple who are like, we don't want to touch visibility anymore. And maybe Four Kites is that sort of sea change in thought um, is impacting them. It seemed like there was a lot of different kinds of companies at F3 this year, a lot of different types of people. Um, I definitely enjoyed everyone who came for the first time, all the please advise people. I think in general, it's just fun to have more and more people, you know, coming to our conferences and bring some some fresh blood, some new blood. Yeah, you get you get diverse perspectives. I mean, at all these conferences, there's always sort of like the same 60 percent or 70 percent that are usual suspects. And I think that we have made a concerted effort this year, an even stronger one with our uh are there freight creators fund that Craig put out there, the $100,000 bounty on memes. If you're not on X and posting memes, post them to X to the F3 memes hashtag. 
$100,000 on the line. We're going to do a constant F3. We're going to bring creators out like we did this time on, on our own dime. We're going to have an awesome time. There'll be some kind of like banquet or something that I'll be hosting. And oh, I know there's a banquet. Yeah, I don't know if it's a banquet. I don't know. Cra I, 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 I think they're still working on the details. I better post those memes because I want to go to this banquet. Well, I don't know if we're eligible. Like, I think oh. that's why I wanted to host it because I was like, I don't think that I can win. Mm. And if I compete, I'd want to win. So what is the other way I can involve myself? I can help market it. Well, we know the guy it. hosting it. So yeah. maybe he can... Get us into the banquet. Maybe I he hope. can get us in yeah. the banquet. Maybe we can. Um, we got we to gotta talk about something. A very controversial video I played. Can you roll the tape? <laughs> yeah, simulator, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can you explain what Oh, happened? you better slow down. So, I... I didn't realize, you know, I've done quite a few ride-alongs <laughs> with wiper, truck yes. drivers before. I didn't realize that the seat go. moves when you drive. I didn't realize it goes back and forth. Like, up and down I knew, but back and forth was new. Uh, to my defense in this good. video, I don't drive <laughs> very often. I live that in New York curve. City. I don't yeah. own a car. Oh um, it's harder <laughs> It's harder than it looks to drive one of these things. I mean, and it looks pretty hard. I was overcorrecting on the steering. That's for sure. Yeah, my mom grew up in the city. She's never gotten oh, good at driving. You know, it's, it's a little dangerous wow. behind the wheel. I, I actually am a pretty good driver, but the drive, the cars I typically drive are like a Toyota Corolla. That's okay. kind of my sweet spot. Well, Rachel, before we get to some awesome guests, we got a ton today. Yeah. I got a question for you. This was like for men only, but I was curious because the women gave some of the best responses and it was men. Do you use an umbrella? Two thirds of men say they do not use an umbrella at all. Does that shock you? Um, no, I think this is also a location thing. Like in oh. the Midwest, no one uses an umbrella. I don't know why you just put on a raincoat and you go for it. In New York City, I've noticed everyone uses an umbrella. Even it's men? Men, men wow. too. Um, so I think it's a location thing. That's my, that's my opinion. All right. New York City umbrella. Do you carry an umbrella? I do, but I don't like to. I'd rather just put on a raincoat and like, you know, oh, my shoes got wet. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll live another day. Throw like a Stetson on or a giant what the truck hat. Yeah, I've yeah. got a Patagonia raincoat. It does the trick. Well, we got an awesome show today on today's episode of What the Truck. We got DeGroote Logistics, Adam DeGroote. He just got back from Chattanooga. We'll find out what deals he was making at F3, why DeGroote acquired Doc 411, and what they're learning from the state of shipper facilities. I know that Lou Flaska just put out yesterday that wait times are, are up. We saw a big drop like this year, and then they just shot way back up. Just like everything else, losing all those pandemic gains, both good or bad. We got Zoom apps, Mustafa Aziz. He's going to talk about hang gliding over Chattanooga at F3. How to cook a mystery box. He has some crystals with him. I'm he really might. For the he, he's going to bless the innovation of TMS and, and maybe even what the truck. So that'll be awesome. I'm glad I'm here. Uh, ben Ritchie, last time we met him on this show, he was with Black Rifle Coffee. He was running their logistics. Now he's over at SRS Distribution Inc. So he's going to tell us all about logistics of building and roofing materials. Maybe we'll find out like what housing starts are saying about the economy, Rachel. And uh, we're also find out the difference between moving coffee and roofing. I don't know. How different could it be? It's gotta be. Probably very. Probably very. I imagine there's some key differences. Because in coffee, you think like, I mean, how many flavors do you have? Like five, maybe 10? Like you're probably not gonna have that many skews. Yeah, this is true. We're like building materials. You're gonna just have like tons of skews and tons of raw stuff. Yeah, this is uh, true. And then Justin Martin will be here. He's gonna... That's a semi-review. No, we cut that. He's going to talk about driver overtime pay and the GOT Act, what not to do during a level one inspection, how soon is too soon to put up Christmas lights, um, and uh, tips for meme lords looking to win that contest. He's uh, our social media guy, so we'll see what yeah. he has to say. He should, he should have some, some good insights for sure. Uh, we'll see. Uh, all right, we got to tip the bad. Truxit is revolutionizing the trucking brokerage industry. Truxit increases carrier pay while reducing shipping costs. Truxit pays carriers in two days or less. Truxit reduces deadhead and empty miles. Truxit provides paperless BOL, POD, and payment. Ship for less, drive for more. Rachel, with Truxit. 
I will do it. I'll do it. I don't have an opportunity to, but maybe someday. You will, after they saw your driving. Yeah. Where'd Mustafa go? He just got out of his oh, seat. No. Mustafa Aziz, Come co-founder back. and chairman of the board over at the Zoom app. What's up, Bo? Woo! Whoa. Hi. <laughs> you look great, man. What jersey are you wearing? Uh, oh, this is very important. I'm making a statement, if you didn't okay. notice. Is that Kelsey? This is the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Limited jersey right here. Kelsey, you know, we had to talk about Taylor Swift today, so I brought the uh, Kelsey jersey for you today. All right. I didn't realize you had a man crush on him. I, I don't. I, it's more on oh. Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so does Craig Fuller. Like, what is with you, Freight Tech founders? He, spent, he was doing, like, the arena with Reed last night, and the yeah. first 45 minutes of that conversation was just them talking about Taylor Swift. What was the... That's impressive. That's I didn't impressive. realize Reed was a Swifty as well. It's a lot. Mo, how you doing? You just got back from F3. Did you have a good time? Oh, man. I'm doing amazing. Every time I get to see people in the industry, it like kind of feeds my energy. I don't know if you know this about me, but energy is a big part of my life. So when I'm around my industry and collaboration, and this year, like any ounce of it just feeds me. It's like, it's like taking the kryptonite out of Superman's hands. Whoa. All right. Well, so people talk about energy and they, and they sort of mean it like, I don't know, metaphorically, I'm capturing the energy. I'm doing this in the room. But you sent me a text about 10 minutes ago and you said you're going to bring your own type of energy. You got like crystals and, and water bowls. Tell us about this. What are you going to do for us here? Every single guy in the industry is going to need an umbrella today because we're going to make it rain. <laughs> All right. All right. 100%. Okay. All right. So. What I was thinking was that, you know, like what the truck and what Freight Waves is doing is super important. And this year has been kind of a slump year. And everybody's talking about like how the glass is half empty. Why don't we talk about how the glass is half full and bless that? I wanted to be the first one to ever take my what I do on my daily routine, which is I meditate. I do my um, gratitude journaling. Like you could see in this book, I've written like the word thank you maybe 4,000 times this year for different things. And when hard things come on my company or my life, it doesn't phase me as much because I do my gratitude journaling. But the second part of that is I manifest in that book. So I wanted to bring this because there's a lot of energy behind this book and I'll place it on my laptop. And then also um, I transcendental meditate like a little bit, like five, 10 minutes every day. And that helps me reset every day and put my shield on. So what I wanted to do is kind of bless the show because you talked to the whole industry and I wanted this blessing to not only help what the truck live forever as the best show that ever existed on all of media platforms, but I also wanted to give that energy to change the momentum of our industry to focus on how we can work together, how we can collaborate, how we can keep attracting that venture money into innovation so we can help all of us get together instead of fighting each other. So I brought a few things here. Okay. First thing I want to do is I want to, Thank you, assistant. Why don't we <laughs> sage? I'm going to sage this. Okay. And I'm going to go counterclockwise here because sage kind of like takes away all the bad omens. I feel okay. like going already. Second thing we want to do is we want to say together, we're an industry that's blessed and we're going to come together and fix all the problems in the industry by working together and looking at the glass half full. And keep that in our hearts while we do this. All right. So I got an amethyst from Brazil. Mm -hmm. I got sea glass collected from the ocean 
uh, in Senegal. Beautiful. Right? Like all shamans wear this as a necklace. Don't get any ideas. Um, then we got a big chunk of rock salt from Mount Everest with the light in it that I bought from Amazon. Um, and then we got a crystal from my home country in Afghanistan. And I'm going to just keep these here chilling while we do something different. Now, everybody knows what's up with the gong, right? Yeah. It's time <laughs> to beat the gong and take it to the next level. And what we're going to do here is have our singing bowls. This is from Tibet. Hmm. Okay. And these are singing bowls right here. Where's and that from? They're pretty barrel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does look nice. No, it does. It looks like something I would have got for my wedding or maybe you would have got. Yeah. It, no, it's special glass. It, it's from Ikea. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So what we're going to do here is we're going to get these going. Let's see if I can get it going. I don't know. I'm not really good at them. To be honest with you, this is not part of my daily routine, but it does really like take away the bad energy. So first of all, let's get the Tibet one going. Can you guys hear it? Yeah, yeah. no, it sounds great. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice yeah. Nice tone. Yeah. All right, now check these out. Would you bring these to F3 next year? Yeah, you need to bring these. You need to have them at the the Zoom booth. Yeah. Of course. Of course. You have officially been blessed. Now, Mustafa, I'm interested because I've looked into sort of some of these. I haven't haven't invested in any, any bowls or chimes or anything like that. But I'm interested, like, how you started learning about this and when you kind of made this part of your daily routine. Yeah, so in the very beginning, um, I studied philosophy at UC Berkeley, and that kind of opened my mind up to uh, learning about other religions and whatnot and different idealist versus realist uh, principles. And then in the beginning, um, when before I started Zoom about 10 years ago, I started reading this book called Think and Grow Rich that says channel your energies and all about working together in the mastermind. And then by doing that, you you run into the YouTube streams and I got into a lot of different manifestation practices of trying to live in the moment. Everything in my life is built around living in the moment. The more we can live in the moment, the more we can succeed together, in my opinion. So then as I got into that, I started getting into a little bit about like just doing my own prayers. Uh, I'm kind of like I believe in all religions at the same time. Um, I also started doing my manifestation every morning. And then when I started doing that, I started doing like like a little 10 minute like ohm chant uh, where I just started going like, um, for like 10 minutes and that clears your mind and helps you just stop thinking about the fake ego that you've learned over the last 40 years and realize that if we're all going to die right now, there's going to be 10 million generations after us that nobody's going to remember us. So we have to leave a footprint of giving back because everything in life is hinged on one principle, in my opinion, and that's the notion of gratitude. 
if we realize like everything we have and start giving back to each other, then we can all succeed together. So basically it, it all kind of ties into one philosophy for me and that's living now. And, and then, um, sometimes I fall off uh, and then I go back to it. And the main thing, if I could give a message to anybody is do that gratitude journal, because mm. you'll totally focus on positive things. There's a lot of uh, trolls in our industry. Like you could see on LinkedIn, they focus on the negativity and people failing. Why don't we focus on how we can help our brother stand up by giving him a hand while he's down? Yeah, a little. I don't have a singing bowl, but I have a singing cowbell. A little cowbell for that. By the way, Adam DeGroote yeah, and Ben Rickard. Adam, I can see Adam and Ben in the green room watching this whole segment. They're like, how the hell am I going to top what Mustafa <gasps> is doing right here? And I agree with you. Like, ever since I got like sober, started podcasting, came out chatting, it was all about following positive energy, following the positive opportunities. And if something's in front of you and it almost seems like fate, go after it. It's probably there. And if it's not there for a reason, it's probably a good idea to follow it. But you are going to top the bowls because I almost got roped into this. I was walking with Mustafa and Matt McClellan from the aquarium to uh, the to the venture party, right? Mm. Uh, the Venture 53 party. And they're like, hey, uh, Dooner, want to go hang gliding with us tomorrow? And thankfully, I had to go on stage with Craig Fuller and Alex Spy, so I had a good excuse because I'm scared to death of heights. But Let's look at Mo up here flying over Chattanooga on a hang glider. Look at this. Tell us about this experience. Also, you should have invited me. I would have gone. Yeah. Next F3 2024. We got we got yeah, so, up. So it was pretty insane. I never expected to do it, but the notion, uh, like our Zoom, our motto is freight life balance. And wherever we go, I try to do something different that differentiates our software. And it gets boring, man, listening to people talk about technology and freight all the time. So what we want to do is show the people that by our technology automating brokers through our TMS system, we have free time to do stuff. And I was scared shitless. I won't even lie to you. I was 3,000 feet, an airplane. You brought up the wrong video, but it's okay. Yeah, I the, know. The, uh, <laughs> the, the airplane towed me up um, to 3,000 feet and just released me. And when I got up there, what they didn't tell me was that don't look at the ground for the first 10 minutes because you're going to get vertigo. And I got super like dizzy, uh, but I didn't throw up. But the guy, uh, supposedly a lot of people throw up on him, but I got to actually fly the plane for a good 20 minutes. And then we we actually got to to land it. And the last 10 minutes was pretty amazing because he did some loop-de-loops. And then um, Matt McLennan, major shout out to that guy. He runs that mountain over there. It's called, um, uh, I forgot the name of the mountain in Chattanooga, but where he lives. But it's no, right next to Chattanooga. Look at her signal, one of them. Yeah, Lookout Mountain over there. It's really, really cool. He's done uh, over a thousand hang gliding. So basically, just like um, what the truck does in terms of doing different things, that's why people watch what the truck It's because it's different. It's not monotonous. Mm. It's not just freight and tech. It's different things. That, that's what we want to do. And that guy kind of embodies that. So be on the lookout because me and Duner are looking for the next crazy thing to do. We are. Well, I mean, this isn't that crazy, but this is something that a lot of people are interested in. You've started getting into the mystery box craze. Before we show the video here, do you do you belong? Do you have a lot of like subscription boxes that you get? I did one with uh, a dog toy company and it was I actually had two and both of them were great at first. And after like three or four months, they started to suck. Like that, like the shipping I've had times. That yeah, too. It's like you get it and then you're like, wait, I actually don't want this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and the product. It's actually so uh, this is something that uh, me and my girlfriend were trying to champion. Uh, I need a lot of creative outlets um, on my off time. So I do like gardening and like I do a lot of cooking and I post it on LinkedIn again on that same freight life balance notion that we're trying to champion. So what she does is she creates like mystery boxes for me inside of Amazon boxes. Those don't come from Amazon boxes, but that could be a business me and you could start. And then what I do is I try to top chef it into something 
totally organic and make a really cool dish out of it. And I'll be doing another one and tagging you dinner. Maybe we can do do one together. We should, or like remote, we got to get in person, but let's take a look at this tape. Well, this is one of the most interesting segments we've had on What the Truck, hang gliding. All right, guys, today we're going to try to gourmet a mystery box. Get ready. I try to do an ASMR for you. It gets so good what are you at cooking end. here for the audio listeners. What do you got going on here? Uh, so I, I use the lamb to make like a, a lamb barbecue with a blue uh, uh, with a beer uh, and uh, sauerkraut sausage, and then I made a blueberry butter sauce uh, with a mashed mm. puree with pomegranates. That looks sounds really delicious. Sounds like it. it was would be really. Good. How did it taste? Was it good? Sounds like it'd be good. Okay, it was pretty amazing, except that video took us about three hours, and by the time I ate it, it delivered. Score. Mustafa, running a little short on time, before I let you go, what is one innovation in TMS that you think will rule the day in 2024? Yeah, so for us, it's uh, what differentiates us amongst anyone. It's connecting that marketplace that we can all share capacity in one place. We're the only TMS that has that agnostic marketplace where multiple players can live, and we've white-labeled it to your business. Please connect with us, and we'll show you how we can drive your efficiency and help you double your EBITDA over two years with our technology because everything looks the same nowadays. Very interesting. It is powered by crystals. Yeah. Now, I trust it. last question, Mustafa. This is the poll of the day uh, for men. Do you use an umbrella? Um, it rains every day in my life, and I embrace the drops on my face. So throw away the umbrella, man. You don't need it. Mm-hmm. All right. Throw I away like the that. umbrella. Mustafa, I, like I love that. you. Where do people find you? I love you too, buddy. Um, you guys can find me on MySpace.com. <laughs> Whoa! I can't wait. <laughs> You're looking back, my space. He's not hard to find. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for your time today, dude. Bye. Appreciate it. You brought it. I can't believe we're, we're blessed now, too. I know. I know. I'm really glad I I happened to co-host today. I mean, yeah, I I gotta get in touch with him and and link up on some of that. Stuff. I like that it wasn't That's just us; too, it was the entire industry. So now, yeah. like via the show. You get blessed just by listening yeah, and watching. Yeah. Even really if you're cool. not listening and watching, you're still getting blessed. Well, Rachel, meanwhile. <laughs> over in Atlanta, Georgia. A lot of this. A lot of videos going viral. Cars being looted. Amazon trucks being looted. What's going on here? So she's the driver right there. She's coming out of where she was just doing delivery. And when she was there, all these guys jumped into the back of her truck and they're taking all her crap. Wow. And as you can see, she's just like, oh, God, like, what do you even do? You know what's crazy about, about, I always wonder why it is that people steal from like, you know, an Amazon truck or steal packages and it's just all you steal it and then you resell it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not just like, I I was confused. Like, why do people want with my size seven shoes that I got in the mail? But it all gets resold. Mark Rober used to, do you know him as a YouTuber? He was with NASA, um, very popular channel. He makes these like porch pirate um, traps. So like mm-hmm. they go and they open the box and it shoots like fart spray and glitter. I like that. Yeah, all over the uh, the thieves. And he has like trackers on it. I like that. And then he has a video and then like he plays a video so that people freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need one of those. I need one of those boxes in my, my apartment. Hey, speaking of another face, I saw at F3, Ben Ritchie, Vice President of Fleet and Logistics over at SRS Distribute. I actually think all of our guests were at F3. Everyone that was that I'm talking today was at f3 that makes that's good because when i was staying at the aquarium i ran into all three of them in a row and invited all three of them and i was like you guys gotta come on ben it's good to see you man you look better in srs than you did in coffee 
I, but thank you very much. Um, it's it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to see both of you. Uh, I I don't know how I I don't know how I follow that uh, that last <laughs> one. Boy, but he's a, well, we've got a lot of questions a, for you about roofing. A poet, so. a gentleman, a gentleman, a scholar. Or, you know, yeah. man. All, all I do is all I do is deliver roofing now. So, do you do you, do you journal? Do you positive affirmation? Your, do you do anything to keep yourself centered? Do you have like a tip? Um, yeah, well, you know, somebody just asked me this yesterday. What my hobby is to keep myself centered. And just, I, people always think it sounds probably it sounds it does sound nuts. I guess when I say it, it almost sounds nuts to come out of my mouth. But I, I run ultras. I run ultra marathons. That's oh, yeah. that's my time away. That's that's my time to be at peace. And you, you can't get me on the phone. You, you can mm. if I if I'm really paying attention, I might see a text come across because my phone does go right here. That's where my music is. But um, that's that's my zen spot. That's what that's. Uh, just getting out there and and um, being with with nature, with my God, and uh, we're out there on our own and uh, go accomplish something that should be impossible, and um, you know fig- figure out how to get from point A to point B and without getting too too badly injured. Hmm. Well, very cool, and and I, I love to hear it, and I think that's smart. We're so connected nowadays. When you have any opportunity to sort of not even like flying, sometimes that's just cathartic. Like especially oh, flying yeah. sucks. It's cathartic in the sense like if they don't have Wi-Fi, you can't get it. It's like all right, I'm just going to chill. That's how I feel when when I'm flying and they are like, oh, we have free Wi-Fi. I'm like, no, I think I'm gonna just take the excuse to just take not three hours be, away, not be involved in in the internet and, and in the world. Well, Ben, when everyone knew you from last couple times you've been on here, it was with Black Rifle Coffee. Now you're with SRS Distribution, Building Materials, and Roofing. Which one's harder? Is it harder to, to run coffee, or is it harder to run the building side? You know, uh, they both have their they both have their challenges. I, I can't, I, I, I won't lie, I, I love light light bags of stuff uh, to, to move as freight. Um, sound bad? You know, uh, pa- 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 pallets of shingles can be a little more challenging, but uh, again, I've moved, I've moved heavy heavy pallets of popping water and stuff like that in the past too. And frankly, shingles were probably a little more stable actually as freight. Um, but uh, b- both have their challenges and both have their rewards. And uh, so far learn- learning the uh, the flatbed business and learning about-, about building products and how that freight moves has been really fun and, and energizing. And, um, you know, it's- at this company too, I'm getting to, uh, to build whole functions, build whole functions out. Uh, like like the transport function, like the warehouse function. So, um, so far, it's been awesome. Is there any, I'm curious in the roofing world, obviously in retail, we saw this sort of this, this whiplash where uh, during COVID, all these retailers, you know, gathered, amassed more and more inventory, people were buying stuff. And then last year, that kind of all fell apart and retailers were stuck with too much inventory. People weren't as interested in, in buying air fryers and the like. Has anything like that happened with roofing as we kind of have seen housing demand fall off a bit compared to 2021? Yeah, um, you know, we're, we, of course, we, we watch uh, housing starts and, and that reporting uh, very closely. Um, clear, clearly, we're, our business is very uh, closely tied to that. Um, and, you know, just when I was talking to, to Luke and Tony last week, we, we talked about the bullwhip, bullwhip effect in the market. Um, and I think we're going to see, we are going to see some of that in housing. I, at the same time, and, and roofing uh, specifically, uh, at the same time, I think that the the manufacturers in this industry do a pretty good job of staying ahead of, um, of, of their own business and how much they need to produce uh, to, to keep up with the market. So the bullwhip that we talked about that we've been talking about may not have as much of an impact or be, um, 
uh, you know, have as much magnitude as it as it as we might see in CPG and retail and some other uh, industries. Um, of course, for us, you know, a, a reduction in housing starts uh, um, is is not is not the best thing. Uh, yeah. But there's it turns out we're, we're still going to be putting a lot of roofs on. We're just going to be a lot putting a lot of roofs on houses next year, though. That's that's the plan. Um, so we're we're still it, it's going to be. Of course, it's going to be a little bit softer, but uh, we're still feeling really good about next year. And yeah, some of that bullet I think is going to happen. I think we are going to. We're already starting to figure out how to manage our inventories a little bit better. Um, and I'm starting to um, sort of reach out and touch our inbound um, inbound shingle uh, transportation network a, a lot more uh, as we're going forward too. So I'm going to be able to help help the organization do that. What, what's easier to deal with? Is it the dry van carriers or the flatbed carriers? Because you used to do a lot of dry van, and now you got to deal with a lot of flatbed, a lot of strap work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, we have great strap work too. And I've, I've been looking for a really good picture. So far, the pictures I can send are so boring. It's just because like, all the strap work is so good. Um, you know, I got to find something that's a little bit more uh, uh, outside the box, but um, to send you, but I will. But yeah, but who's easier? Um, but look, truck drivers across the board. I'm a fan of, fan of truck drivers, a fan of, uh, of um, carriers. So all I think are, are great to work with. Um, I think that flatbed carriers, flatbed drivers have a little bit more, um, I think they have a little bit more power in, in the, mm. uh, in the relationship with, with shippers. Uh, it's, it's a little more niche. And as we, as we all know, it's a smaller market. Um, and I kind of like that they're able to call their shot a little bit more. Now rates are rates, market is market, capacity is capacity and freight is freight. So at some point, you know, uh, um, there has to be enough freight for the capacity out there, no matter what, uh, equipment type you're equipment type you're using um but i think that uh flatbed carriers not only they, they have a little bit more power and uh, I, I think when it comes to rate but um i, I think they they also ha have a very good relationships with their with their shippers with manufacturers uh advantage is bigger right i think the bigger the bigger you are the bigger that market is the harder it is to build those relationships so I wouldn't say van carriers are harder to deal with, but there, you know, there's just so many out there. Whereas flatbed, it's a little bit smaller, so it's a little bit more intimate. It seems like the way that the manufacturing cycle works and and how flatbed carriers are involved in that, there's less detention time. Maybe there's less, you know, bad blood between shippers and carriers and receivers. It's just like a little bit more, you know, you've got a job to do. On the dry van side too, of course, but on the flatbed side, it's, if it's a manufacturing type facility, like you got to keep the product moving and there's not as much time for, you know, wait time or sort of bad blood even to, to build up. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. What I'm finding what's really kind of interesting um, in, in this, um, in this industry is there's frankly, what I'm seeing less, uh, there's less of uh, of a, uh, a push to, to be on time all the time, you know, coming from mostly CPG when I was, you know, PepsiCo for a long time. So on the Frito side, the Gatorade side, the Pepsi side, and then even at Black Rifle Coffee, we're pretty maniacal about service, you know, 90, 90 something percent on time is the expectation. Usually it's 95%. I think in recent years when capacity was super, super tight, you could probably get away with 90%. And I think in this industry, what I'm seeing is that um, you don't always necessarily have to be uh, uh, maniacally moving those shingles to to a to a branch um, or to wherever you're going to be holding them. 
unless, unless and until, unless and until hail starts falling. Once <laughs> when the hail starts falling, now it's a it's every shingle you could possibly get your hands on. Pull them in as fast as you possibly can, and it's actually there's more maniacal. You need 100 percent on time with every one of those loads, and there's hundreds of them sometimes. Um, I think you may have seen, you may have noticed. I never, I didn't notice as much, maybe at all, really, in, in the past when and where hail was falling. Now I'm very attuned to where hail is is falling. Um, when the leadership in the company on that now is, you know, affectionately referred to it as ice diamonds, which I I love that term. So. Wow. Um, you know, I wouldn't have thought of hail as a good thing in the past, but now I got to say, and I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not hoping for anybody's roof to get impacted, but. <laughs> you really learn something new every day in the logistics industry. I never thought of the hail yeah. connection. Think, right? yeah, like, hail yeah. is our friend because it destroys your roof and it yeah. makes you have to buy more roofs. <laughs> Has roofing gone up? Like, I have, I'm sure you're not immune to inflation. I imagine like the cost of materials has gone up quite a bit over the past couple of years. Um. Yeah, uh, it has just like with with everything else. I think that um, that this is an industry where uh, both the manufacturer and the purchaser of are pretty shrewd negotiators. It was great, and frankly, like at F three, it was as, as I think I told you. Like I'm a huge fan of Chris Voss. By the way, that was so awesome to meet him for like 30 seconds and get my book signed. I was like so thrilled. The whole F three was awesome. Um, but that that part was great, and so I'm just remembering, you know, meeting him briefly, and and his talk was so great. Um, and it's been really cool to see, uh, in at, at the company I'm at now, and sort of in this industry, you've got a lot of a lot of very shrewd negotiators, very good mm. negotiators, and not that any other company I've been at, the negotiators weren't good. Um, but frankly, they're like at SRS, the folks that I've worked with. Um, not only uh, working with manufacturers, but also different things I'm working on in, in logistics um, as we're putting different contracts in place are exceptional negotiators. And you, you look at, you look, look at a book like never split the difference. And then you look at, I look at some people at SRS and maybe at, at uh, Owens Corning or GAF and some of that, some of our manufacturers, and they're naturally using a lot of those really effective negotiating techniques. Um, so, I, I, you know, why that's important is that yes, inflation has affected um, our product just like any other. But as far you know, from from our for our company for our business, I think we do a pretty good job of negotiating those prices. Before we let you go, what is your top tip for negotiating freight? Oh man, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with Chris Voss and say mm. uh, to and say to to listen, really listen, and and follow the process. Have a process doesn't have to be his, I don't think. But um, that's so important when he was talking about that. And I was think I thought back through and I've listened to his book several times. Uh, I've used his tactics so many times and been it's I've had the same reaction where I've been like, wow, this works so good. It feels so awkward to say, oh, I'm so embarrassed by this or that. And then the person wants to help you. And it's like just amazing how these tactics work. Um, but was, as I was listening to him, I was like, listen, thinking, thinking back to um, so, so many times when I kind of haven't either haven't listened and haven't followed the process. And so things didn't go nearly as well as, as they could have. And then the times where I sort of naturally did, whether it was because I was listening to, to his, what he's telling us in, in his book and his techniques, or just because I naturally did it and how well things went. So do, do, do what the master says, 
what listen make sure you're really listening and empathizing um and, and do do that really well and then let the process get you to the best outcome don't have that specific goal in mind let the process get you to the best outcome it's amazing it's amazing how well that works but it's a great book i mean i great. i don't work in sales obviously so it's it's kind of a different kind of reason for why I'd be reading, but it's definitely a really interesting book. And I just feel like that active listening thing, that's just a good life tip. I felt like a lot of the things in his book that he suggested were just good to keep in mind just for active, basic living, essentially. Yeah. Well, ben, yeah before we... It's everyday life. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, Ben, I was going to say, before, before we let you go, we got a poll going out here. Umbrellas, yay or nay? Uh, yeah, I heard the last. I, I've got to go with... Um... With Mustafa's answer, no, I, I just, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to melt. What if there's I'm hail? Not It'll, wouldn't a hail just uh, go through the umbrella? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there's hail, I'm going to, I'm going to, then I'm going to take the umbrella, wood, wood, whatever I can hold over. Hold just over stay inside head. at that point. He's too busy counting money on the roof that are going to get destroyed. <laughs> 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 hey, Ben, we love yeah, you, but how yeah, do people connect well, with you, dude? How do people uh, find you? Um, Mostly on, mostly on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm not a big, you know, uh, besides uh, I'm coming on great shows like this. I, I'm not a big social media guy. Uh, LinkedIn is where I do a lot of my, my, um, uh, posts and stuff like that. So, but, you know, Ben Ritchie on LinkedIn on, at SRS on LinkedIn, where you can find Go me. connect with him. Cool. Thank you so much for your time today, Ben. Always good to see you. Yeah. Thank you. Love to see you. It's great. Thanks. Take care. Yeah, my biggest takeaway on that was the hell. I didn't like you always. It's always interesting to find out how people yeah. like think like like in your job, you think a certain way about like stories and what you're going to yeah, cover. I think yeah. a certain way about how I'm going to produce this. And it's probably not obvious to people some of the things that we think about. And for him, it's like, yeah, I love hell. the little details about people's jobs. That's my favorite thing about the logistics industry is there are all these weird little details that you would never have thought of until you would. It's what fascinating world. Whenever someone says it's yeah. boring, it's like you're focusing you're, like all your thing. All you're seeing is a truck in front of you. Yeah. It's a massive, massive yeah. world. All right, we got to tip the band. Truxit is revolutionizing the trucking brokerage industry. Truxit increases carrier pay while reducing shipping costs. Truxit based carriers in two days or less. Truxit reduces deadhead and empty miles. Truxit provides paperless BOL, POD, and payment. Ship for less. Drive for more with Truxit.com. I'll do it. All right, Rachel. Elsewhere, <laughs> unless this happens to you. Yeah. Look at this. Like I was saying, now this one was over in Memphis, home of um, FedEx over there. And this FedEx truck, it got surrounded by cars. And uh, local reports say that these guys broke into it. A bunch of men broke into it, probably not using umbrellas. They left <laughs> box all over the place. And some of the guys they caught, they got like the worst crap out of this. Like one guy had a box with three DirecTV cable boxes. Like, what the hell are you going to do with that? I always, I'm always shocked that DirecTV is still an ongoing concern. No offense to anyone who may work at DirecTV. Yeah, anything satellite-based, I mean, other than Starlink, no offense yeah. to XM, no offense to XM. Uh, I, I always wonder, like, how that's still going. But it is. There it is. You know, not to not to mention det detention time again, but one key way, apparently, that retailers, uh, that, that a lot of these thefts happen are while trucks are waiting at warehouses. So yeah, That's what I always, yeah, when people talk about, like, the retail theft that's going on, you see, like, a video of someone walking out with, like, you know, some razors or something. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's so much more theft going on at the truck yeah. level than what's going on at the retail level. Yeah. Like, that's massive. Every time Travelers comes on, we get into that. Hmm. Well, let's talk to another guest that we met at F3. It's Adam DeGroote. He's the founder and CEO over at DeGroote Logistics. Adam, there's there's been a, they've raised the bar today, some of these guests. Yeah. Yeah. No, appreciate <laughs> having me, guys. Uh, excited to be on the show. Great to meet you last week in person for the first time. But yeah. Yeah. It was great I'm meeting excited, you in person. Uh, do you, you have any singing? Do you have, I'm, 
do you have no, any singing, no singing bowls? Gongs there. No, no. Like, what do you do to center yourself? Wait, you're you're a strong leader. You know, uh, lately, kind of probably a new thing. I've got a uh, newborn, a uh, six-month-old baby girl. So, mm. uh, you know, that's the happy place these days. Yeah. Yeah. Taking naps so. on the couch. I used to not be able to nap until I had kids. And then, like, you get into that phase, especially one of my sons. He just loved sleeping, like, right in the car. It was the only way he would fall asleep. So you just sit on the couch mm-hmm. and put some movies on. And then you learn how to take afternoon naps. Mm. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, how absolutely. F- how was your F3? Did you have a good time? Did you make any deals? Great. Uh, no, it's fantastic. It was the first time in Chattanooga, actually, first time in the F3. So really uh, just getting the lay of the land. You know, we want to we want to play a part in future shows there and uh, met a lot of awesome people that the relationship was just digital, you know, before last week and, uh, you know, got to see the gong. That was exciting. So. <laughs> it's a good time. Thank you, Steam Logistics, for that one. Well, you guys, you specialize. If I understand correctly, you're you're in like the food and beverage. You do you do some reefer. Tell us about Degroot before we start getting into um, a really yeah, interesting acquisition absolutely. you told me about. Sure. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, started Origin Story. You know, started with our, our family vegetable farm. So I grew up in Central Illinois, uh, potato and vegetable farm. It kind of got us into the, you know. Uh, transportation business from that perspective. So 10 years ago, I started uh, DeGroote Logistics. You know, we we haul produce uh, all over the country, unique commodity to haul. You know, it's uh, service level is pretty demanding. You know, Ben talked about on-time expectations. Like it's, you know, as close to 100% as you can get in that world uh, in every uh, facet. So a lot of the commodities we were hauling initially were bulk potatoes, you know, around the country. So it's, mm. it's dirty. You know, it's, it's some of the least desirable freight out there when there's options. So um, so we cut our teeth on what I think is one of the harder, you know, reefer um, niches, and we kind of grew from there. So, yeah, that's how we got in the logistics business. You know, fast forward today, we're we're bootstrapped, you know, growing team uh, of 50, and, uh, yeah, we're just not looking back. What is what, Before we get into Doc 411, what is um, uh, Produce telling us about the market right now? Like, what's in season? What's moving? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's November. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. That's uh, – you know, big, big sweet potato, potatoes, onions, you know, a lot of the, the storage commodities harvest is concluded, you know, in most of the country. So a lot of the, you know, seasonal vegetable items that you might associate with summer, you know, wherever you are, um, they're coming in from, you know, Southern States over the borders. So, um, yeah, I mean, potatoes, that's kind of the core commodity in our, you know, some of our other companies, um, we flipped in the last year from an extreme shortage to, you know, a, a substantial surplus. So, um, yeah, you've, you've seen a lot of volatility. Um, that's what's unique about produce markets is they're, they're 50, you know, unique markets and of the self, a lot of, a lot of dynamics and like macro trends, but they all kind of have their own nuances too. So. I wrote a story last year about, you know, potatoes and rail and how, you know, all the issues on the rail industry, they, they basically haven't been able to keep a lot of their potato customers because they, they're seeing all the, mm-hmm. all of this, uh, you know, layover and delay in moving and moving goods. Are you guys able to capture any market share from the rail industry or do you kind of keep it more focused among other trucking carriers? Yeah. You know, we, we've got some kind of live projects that are what you kind of describe like those kind of commodities by rail. And, you know, the timing is, uh, you know, you just in a three day trip turns into a 14 day trip. So where there's a preference for, you know, quicker lead time, there's preference for trucks, but, uh, yeah, you know, for a moment there, the, the truckload price kind of hit a parity, you know, with rails. So that, mm. that's something that, um, you know, market participants are always looking at that relative, that spread between rail and, uh, and truckloads. So, 
you know, it's uh, it, it, we're seeing more shippers interested in that from a sustainability perspective too. I think that's kind of a growing uh, priority for a lot. What, so you, when we were out at the aquarium, you're like, yeah, yeah, we need to talk. We just, uh, we just picked up Doc 411. Tell us, how did that all come about and, and why Doc 411? Why, why did you need that in the DeGroote family? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, this spring we, we acquired it. I, um, you know, I've been friends. I've known uh, Eric, one of the co-founders, for a long time. And, you know, it started talking about it, you know, during COVID. But then, you know, as we kind of got better acquainted, got to understand the, the roadmap, you know, just so – uh, a much larger kind of vision for that too. So really first and foremost, um, you know, our, our kind of all of our companies and our family companies, uh, we've got this bias that, uh, you know, the driver relationship, those carriers, brokers, and shippers that, you know, really put the driver first, they're going to win in the next decade, you know? So, hmm. so it's all about that. And, um, you know, we see ourselves as a, as a guide for shippers that want to achieve that shipper of choice status. And we feel that starts with, you know, you got to listen to drivers. Um, you got to know their names. You know, you have to know what their their concerns are and what their their needs are. So, you know, that Doc One is, you know, first and foremost, it always has been a, about facility reviews. And that's uh, that's a big part of it. So we've got, you know, we've got a number of attributes that we're, we're diving into. It's, you know, you, you've spotlighted in a couple pieces on this show. Uh, security, you know, what's the security like? What's the, you know, wait time, dwell times look like? Safety, you know, women drivers, that's something they call out as a, a unique priority for them. That parking is is something we're tackling, too, in, a, I think, a unique way. Um, and there's a handful of others. And then they can kind of leave comments, public or private. And, uh, you know, one, it gives them a voice. Um, we're, we're kind of incentivizing, kind of gamifying that, that review uh, process. But it's all about um, just kind of, you know, crowdsourcing a lot of that facility information that, uh, can help other drivers avoid a lot of problems too. So, what are you learning uh, from from acquiring this platform and having it on uh, the Degroot side of things? Any, any like shocking takeaway that you hadn't known before, despite you know being part of this transportation industry for so long? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of went in with the assumption, like, yeah, drivers. You know, they are uh, very open to giving their feedback and stuff. But the, to the degree that we're seeing, like, it's it's kind of uh, blown our expectations away. So there's, you know, simultaneously this uh, desire of drivers to share their experience and shippers more than ever too, I think, uh, you know, want to understand what are those, you know, um, non-priced ways that they can be a, a desirable to drivers and a shipper of choice under the bathroom, you know, law that went into effect uh, was a, a good step in that direction. But then the question is like, how does that get, you know, yeah, it's a law, it's a requirement. Um, but how does that get kind of enforced and realized in the industry too? So um, we feel, you know, it, it's interesting in the truckload world. There's been a lot of development in terms of pricing tools and tracking tools and, you know, a variety of other things. But the a lot of the inefficiencies, a lot of waste come from um, those things. You know, the, the idea of a facility score and, you know, how issues at facilities kind of cascade into larger issues. You know, that's that's something we want to really tackle. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's been exciting. Like it's a very interesting, um, space and it's very interesting to kind of learn how unique, I mean, everyone knows the transportation world's full of niches and nuances, but you know, every facility is different. There's such a, a local, you know, there's just problems. And then drivers that have been picking up, you know, and delivering the same facilities over and over, they know those, you know, and they, so there's this huge advantage that incumbents have, 
you know, just knowing, knowing how to price stuff and knowing how to, you know, what they're getting into. So in as much as we can help crowdsource that, that information, kind of share that across market participants, you know, it's one of these few areas where like everybody can win. Uh, So much of what gets talked about is brokers versus carriers, carriers versus shippers, you know, brokers versus shippers. And there are just a ton of like, you know, mutual wins in this space for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, you used to have to go in blind when you were a driver. And if, you, if you're if you online, if you read Reddit, Facebook groups, X, uh, LinkedIn, whatever, a lot of the horror stories that come from drivers are from these long ass waits at facilities. But I had a question for you. Have you ever had a review trigger like a facility owner? Have they sent you like angry emails? Uh, not that we know anything about that mm-hmm. angry emails, CCing like rival journalists, <laughs> things like that. There's there's war stories, you know. Uh, certainly, I think it's the the review concepts. You know, it, it's it's uh, not unlike other you know consumer review sites and things like that. But um, but yeah, I we really one of the ways that we kind of temper this. It's not a simple like one to five you know star you know give your experience. Uh, it's really averaging out you know uh, these different uh, items that that I mentioned before. Where there's there's ten that we average from. And we've we studied this extensively and we found that like when it's a straight up one to five, it just skews more negative, you know, a Google review, you know, you just tend yeah. debt reviews, things like that. They, they tend to, so there's ways psychologically to um, get just better information and to kind of calm down, you know, just, so we've, that's what we're aiming for. You know, we're, we're very much uh, trying to get insight out of each review and we've got a team that follows up and like, you know, when there are, um, you know, where we think there's an opportunity to provide some insight, you know, further to, to shippers, we're trying to flesh that out too. So, yeah. Well, Adam, really, really happy about the acquisition. How do people learn more? Where do we send them to? Yeah. Uh, shoot an email. If you're interested in learning more to back it up at doc onecom You can find me on LinkedIn as well, or Twitter, uh, doc 411 app. It's a handle there. So yeah. Appreciate having me. Adam umbrella or no. Uh, absolutely not. No umbrella. See? Wow. Yeah. Like, I'm really surprised. Very against it. Men are just very against the umbrella. <laughs> not in New York. Right? <laughs> okay. All, that's, all... that's those New York guys. Um, I, yeah. You won't see that nonsense in Boston. The guys get angry if there's like umbrellas and you're walking down, you know, wow. like, like Newbury street or something. You're just going to knock it out of the way. Wow. Yeah, very angry. Okay. Well, Adam, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it guys. Speaking of umbrellas, little cowbell for Christian Thomas, who proposed just fiance over the weekend. Look at that picture right there. With uh, and he, uh, well, he didn't have the umbrella. He was a gentleman, and his uh, wife to be now has one. It's a so. really gorgeous backdrop. I wonder where this. I got, we we gotta learn more after yeah. the show. Crazy, there was like a camera. I, I'll, I don't have the picture handy unless they load it up later. I can show it to you by the end. But uh, crazy, had a cameraman just hiding in the bushes like that. Yeah, almost like it was planned. It was almost like it was planned. I wonder if she knew. <laughs> Did she even know? All right, like right the cut, Rachel. Would you get a haircut like this? All right, let's see. Oh, wow. Um... Wait, wait until she sits up. <laughs> He's getting all the split ends, though. Oh, no. <laughs> I would not, I would pass. I would pass. pass. It was funny, though. I'm, I you could wear the big what the truck hat, and it would, it would keep it covered. She's got to fix her, like, her roots as well. I mean, maybe that's the next step. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot going on here. Anyways, hey, it's Super Trucker Justin Martin. Speaking of people at F3, what is up? Hey, hey, man. Hey. I'm surprised you're still not in Chattanooga. You're having such a good time. 
Oh, it was yeah. it was a blast. I'm still recovering from Chattanooga. It was uh, between meeting everybody there and all the uh, talking and screaming. My voice is still recovering. My wife and mm. child were in Florida, so they got a bug there. Brought it up north with them. So it is what it is. Not good, Justin. Yeah, but we uh, a meme war has kicked off in the freight yes. industry. But memes can turn violent. Before we talk about our own meme war, this is like a cautionary tale <laughs> of what can happen between senators and teamsters on the floor. Let's roll this clip. Now, let's talk about Mr. O'Brien himself, his behavior. As everybody knows in this hearing, the last time <laughs> him and I kind of had a back and forth. But after you left here, you got pretty excited about the keyboard. In fact, you tweeted at me, one, <laughs> two, three, four... Five times. And let me read what the last one said. Um, it said, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. <laughs> always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. <laughs> Sir, this is a time, this cowboy. is a place. <laughs> you want to run your mouth? Let's we go. can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, stop it. Value solution. <laughs> no, no, sit down. And you readjusted okay. the one. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit Active. Oh, okay. Bernie okay. Sanders. He's right. like, the Can American people Can already think we're pathetic idiots. And look at you two morons. <laughs> I, no, I would have. I know. I would have wanted to see the fight. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be saying this live on they're, air, but they're like. They're too content. They're two consenting adults. They said, "Let's go." So let's go. For, well, first, let's pass the yeah. Guaranteed Overtime for Truckers Act, and then and then go at it, guys. Yeah. Are you coming off your computer, Mike? <laughs> you sound a little. You sound a little scratchy, Justin. Uh, let me ask you though. We got we got the meme war coming up. You got a tip for all these memers that are out there? Some of you even come out of retirement. Detention denied. He DM me this morning on LinkedIn. Oh, I miss him from his secret identity, and he was like, "I'm back." You got me out of here. We got uh, all these people. We got like guys, we got like founders like Will Jenkins jumping into the fray. We got Ted Ailing who jumped into the, the the fray too. Justin, what tip do you have for all these meme lords out there? Basically, just like what we saw in that video, keep your ear to the ground, see what's coming up. Everybody complains about, oh, you know, we're recycling material. There's stuff happening all the time that you can apply to this kind of stuff. I need to see some fresh material. I agree. I mean, detention denied if he's yeah. re-entering, that's big. He was like a pioneer in this space. Yeah, there's kind of like, yeah. there's been a few Truly. boomer memes and I, I don't mean, to, I, I love that you guys are participating, but like the distracted boyfriend one, that's more of like a 2020 mm. meme. We're in 2023. That one's been used a little, t like we're kind of over that like one. 18, 2018. Like, go back to like advice animals. Like if you're going to go, or like, Ooh. or sarcastic Wonka. Ooh, like the all caps impact font. Yes. Yeah. Like with the raptor, yes. like the, the, the mm -hmm. sarcastic raptor. He works for the JOC, by the way. I've been shocked. <laughs> sarcastic I got, raptor. I got, I got He's our free tech reporter. <laughs> So, but I, my money's on the mass hole, though. Like, I've been in a ton of, like, bars that you can't just, like, challenge a guy to, like, a fight and expect him to just not do it. Even if you think you're going to get your yeah. ass kicked, you have to just be like, all right. And then in your head, you're like, damn it, what did I do? Well, his Twitter handle was Teamsters SOB. And, yes, that's his initials. Yeah. But, you know, double entendre, I'd say. How do you avoid fights, though? How do you avoid, like, a, a fist fight at, like, an F3? How do we make sure these mean creators don't beat the crap out of each other because they've offended one Stay another? Stay humble. You know, it's it's all jokes. It's all for a laugh. Don't make, don't make it personal. Um, you had a really good point. I think about you know go after you know companies and institutions. Don't go after don't go after people. 
Um, yeah. The other thing too with, with Mullen, he actually has like a three and zero record. So you know, not professional, but you know, he he's got a mixed martial arts background. So yeah, two thousand eight. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's all than, some like, of those memes I've been seeing, man. Street. Yeah. Hey, Game well, of Thrones, can, Zach. Rachel, you wrote about it. Justin's passionate about it. Let's talk about it quickly here. What's going on with the with the, the GOT Act? I like the Game of Thrones Act. So. Uh, <laughs> last year, uh, a, a congressman tried to introduce this act. It didn't really go anywhere. This year, you know, last week actually, a bar- bipartisan coalition on the Senate and the uh, con- and the uh, on the House side as well, they reintroduced this act. Basically, what it would do it would go into the 1938 Fair Labor Standards Act and remove the part of the law that says that. Uh, motor carriers, truck drivers are exempt from receiving overtime pay. So it's a probably one of the shortest bills I've ever seen, at least. It's, it's a very simple bill, um, but it's already definitely sparked some controversy, um, specifically on the carrier side, on Just, the carrier owner side. Justin, what are drivers saying and what do you, what do you got on this? What do you think? So the divide is really between company drivers and owner operators. You know, company drivers, of course, super in favor of this, but the owner operators are like, where do we fit on this? And they really don't. That's something that they're going to have to negotiate into their contracts when they're booking these loads. Um, but as far as company drivers, this is, this is fantastic. There's nothing worse than having your income impacted based on nothing that you've done. You know, you arrive to a place on time, they hold you up and you're the one eating the cost for it. So you now this, this will be a huge win for company drivers for sure. You know, we were just talking to Doc411 and, and what they're learning about what's happening at Docs. And one thing we're learning in Sonar about Docs is wait times are way up. Take a look at this yeah. chart. Lou Flaska put this up and he said, truckload wait times are back to normal levels. Unfortunately for truck drivers, the normal is over 120 minutes. 2020, 2022 and 2023 showed a lot of improvement, but just like everything else in this space, any gains we've made have been yeah. destroyed. I mean, it's interesting because you could uh, the the carrier side, like the large carrier side, could argue, oh, well, we price that into our pay for drivers. It's this idea that you might be waiting, so on and so forth. But it's it still sucks. I mean, I I can't imagine, you know, every time I'm working, I, there's a chance I'm waiting one hour, two hours, eight hours just to get my get my day going and get get going to the next thing it's interesting. it says trucker safety advocacy groups embrace the bill well american a trucking association slams it ata is against fair wages for drivers that's from this redditor right here justin does that let, let's take a look at wages by the way if you want to talk about like what is the at even talking about here's a here's a quote from chris spear he said this proposal is nothing more than a thinly veiled attempt to boost trial attorney fees this is chris spear ata's ceo he said it would reduce drivers paychecks and decimate trucking jobs by upending the pay models that for 85 years have provided family sustaining wages while growing the u.s supply chain those are those family sustaining wages right there who uh dipped and like having they're right back to like their normal that they were 20 years earlier and in the past 85 years i believe there was deregulation rachel yeah so, so there's been a, quite a few things that have changed driver pay if you compare driver pay as justin as we all discuss on the show and justin and i definitely discuss quite a bit if you look at driver pay um compared to 1980 to today that income has actually gone down 40 to 50 percent over the past four decades so this is not even though there have been some gains made you know, during the during the supply chain crisis of 2021, it's not enough quite to make up for what has been lost over the past few decades. Yeah, and it's interesting that he says, oh, we've been doing this for 85 years. Why would anyone do anything the way they've been doing 85 years ago? You know, we got to get with yeah. the time, guys. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, that's not just... really a good, that is like the weakest excuse possible here. Are there <laughs> negatives, though? Would, would there be negative consequences to overtime pay to drivers? 
uh, some of these carriers that are going to places that hold up their drivers might have to start paying more and they're going to have to put pressure on shippers and receivers to say, hey, you know, get my drivers moving. That's what we want. So does that wait time chart go up or down? Right now, drivers don't get paid for those first 120 minutes. And uh, look, the average is there. And the average is half. It means most people are waiting longer. I mean, these averages are very skewed. It's not like every driver goes and they just wait for two hours. Right. Go free and go. No, they're there for four, eight, six hours. Yeah, some guys who get out in 30 minutes. But a lot of them are waiting much longer. Yeah, my, my record was 18 hours uh, at some place waiting to get loaded. Um, there are people that say, oh, carriers will find a way to, you know, not pay their drivers or anything. That's what you want, because if you're not the reason you wouldn't get paid for overtime is because you're not having your time wasted. That's what we want here. We want to have, stop having our time wasted at facilities mm-hmm. getting loaded and unloaded. That's what we want. How about this counterpoint from uh, Roaming Numeral on Reddit? It said, my guess is the reason it would reduce driver pay is because employers would do everything in their power to avoid paying overtime. Basically, they would just not let their drivers go over that 40th hour. So, of course, pay decreases because they're losing 20 to 30 hours a week that they were previously getting CPM for when driving. Is that a fair point or no? No, because you know the drivers can still be paid per mile, you know, while they're, while they're running, it's, it's the overtime that they're working that drivers are wanting to be paid for. And, you know, everyone complained about when the ELDs were put in the truck because it seemed like you have a, uh, you know, basically a a baby monitor in your truck with a clock on there, you know, keeping track of you. But now this thing works in your favor. The ELD is now your Mm -hmm. friend because you can use that to show how much time you've been sitting and wasting at some of these facilities. Hmm. Yeah, no, that was something that was brought up to me when I first started covering the industry and started covering the ELD mandate was this idea of, oh, well, now uh, driver pay will have to go up because this essentially causes a shortage of truck drivers, not that kind of shortage, but a shortage of trucking labor because everything is just that much more constrained. From my perspective, and if you look at the data, that ha- there hasn't been that like massive uptick and boom that like reverses some of the losses that we saw through the last 40 years. But it's yeah, it is interesting. Now that we do have this level of data being tracked, we can see for sure like, oh, yeah, this person by the book is or by the machine rather is absolutely working 14, 10, 12, however many hours a day. Well, I'm absolutely not going to stand in the way of driver pay, but I may stand in the way of putting Christmas lights up too soon. Roll the tape. Here's Justin over the weekend. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) He's getting his family all set up. Rachel, is it too early in the year for holiday lights, Christmas music, that kind of thing? Okay, I think Christmas music, it's a little early. I think it's best to wait, like, after Thanksgiving. It's one week. Yeah. One more week. I mean, we can wait. Or at least on Thanksgiving. Like, in my house, like, we watched, like, my kids wanted to watch Home Alone last week. And I'm like, no, no, no. We kick the season off on Thanksgiving. I think that's fair. I think I think that's fair. And, and if you make the season stretched out over the whole year, it loses its charm and specialness. Like, you got to you gotta create a shortage of time spent <laughs> celebrating Christmas. Is it a trucker thing, though? Well, There's you- a trucker here, uh, Seg. He said uh, it's already started. He's got his his crap nice. up. Justin has his. These are all fake tree people, obviously, too. Mm. <laughs> I put a poll out. I said, is it too soon to put up Christmas lights? And surprisingly, most of you said no, 53%. Okay, but no. Thanksgiving is next week. Like, That's Thanksgiving true. is coming up. I completely forgot yeah. that Thanksgiving is, like, 
in eight days. So it, it, it is coming up. So I could see that. I reached out to like NASA and, two, and I was looking at Friday of next week and I'm like, oh my God, it's wide open and there's only one last Friday. So I reached out and then like right after I sent it, I'm like, wait a second, it's Thanksgiving. Like, and I was like, never mind, NASA. I'm a dumb, a dumb ass. We'll Don't come here, NASA. Never mind. I'm not even, I'll be in like North Carolina or something. Yeah. I won't, I won't even be around. I'll, I'll, I'll be in South Carolina. So. Yeah. Hey, I'll well, be in Pennsylvania. We'll be neighbors. Not with you. Not so you guys want to go, you got, do you guys want to go to Belgium? Check out this restaurant. Check out this right. train right here. Little intermodal um, dining. <laughs> this is called the oh, nice. Vitponia Railway Restaurant in Prague. This is the Czech Republic. It's not Belgium. Oh well, whatever. <laughs> Bart Demunk is from Belgium. Whatever, man. I don't. I don't know. I'm an American. <laughs> Talk to me in kilometers. That's a, that's a lot of head on those beers. The, well, the problem here is, well, I guess this place, it's like a tourist trap because the reviews on TripAdvisor were not great. It says, novelty experience, great place for the novelty, much bigger than anticipated, very clean and lovely staff. There were several angry customers around us because they had waited for a while to order for the food and the drinks to arrive, um, and it took a lot longer than they expected. Don't go expecting a normal restaurant experience. There were kids that were crying. I was just thinking it must have been a good spot for the kids, but I guess not. Another yeah, guy said he yeah. went and the trains weren't even working and there was no apology. Like the whole reason you'd go and the trains weren't even working. Okay, well if I ever go to Prague, I'm not going to this restaurant. So I, I know. For the well, maybe we'll like get maybe we'll get like a, a cup of coffee or something. Yeah. 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 yeah we'll do that. Well, hey, find Justin at Super Trucker. Find the show at FW What the Truck. Find Rachel at on Twitter and LinkedIn at R R P R E. At R R P R E. Yeah. Or just Google her name and Freight Waves and you'll find her stories. Read her four kite story. That's up right now. Really interesting one. Could develop more. At Timothy Dooner for me, D-O-O-N-E-R. Hey, take care. Don't be a stranger.